Welcome. You are listening to Nard Bites, a Dungeons and Dragons show where we discuss various topics about D&D and all other TTRPGs. Enter at your risk, but beware, things may get Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking it to you live with another Nard Bite. Uh, we've got an interesting topic on the table today, as we are going to be discussing uh, actual play podcasts and the uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly therein. <laughs> so, obviously, if you're listening to this, you've heard an episode or two, likely, of the uh, Beckons of the Herald of Steel podcast, or campaign, rather. Uh We've been running this thing for about two and a half years now, and it'll be three years in the summertime. We started this podcast, uh, or the actual play at least, online because it was the most feasible way to do this. Not only because we're all so far apart, but because, you know, it was quarantine and it just made more sense. And I think that as a person who's been pretty involved in the Twitter space for D&D stuff, I've seen more often than not new actual plays popping up left and right and also seeing a lot of people who you know when asking requests for a new podcast to listen to outwardly stating that they don't want to listen to new actual plays so it makes one wonder are actual plays just pretty easy to make are they a passion of love only by those who make them is it one of those things where it's like one in a million that a critical role comes along and everybody loves listening to that kind of an actual play and then one has to ask philosophically how much of an actual play is an actual play? You know, when you have trained professionals running at a table and a person who writes sort of like almost a script for how the game should run, one has to ask the question, how much is that actually like the table? So I have with us Ronnie, Anthony, and Ryan uh, to talk about this one as they've all been part of this and played in my other groups uh, that weren't actual plays. And played many games on the side, I suppose. Um, but I think that to begin with, I guess I want to hear, like, I don't know. I mean, where do we begin with this? I think that there should be sort of a good, bad, and ugly sort of approach to this, where it's like, you know, what's good about an actual play? Like, what have we enjoyed about this process? I, I think we just want to make sure that everyone understands what an actual play is, especially myself. Ronnie, part of an actual play for two and a half years? Like, <laughs> wait, you're recording like, how this? how is it defined, like, compared to other things? Like, like I, I'm assuming actual play is just we're recording our actual play, that's it, down and dirty, yeah, where something can be a little bit more yeah. scripted. Uh, I mean, it's it's raw, it's authentic. There's no guessing of which way that you're not getting like you're, you're getting exactly how we're reacting to things in the time there's no pre-planning no we're not trying to meet some specific agenda or such i can't tell you how many times the amount of things that anton does that i don't have an idea what he's going to do but then the situation arises and i'm like this is how i think it's going to react like him getting in a fight with Auk in a boxing ring it, it just happens. It's it, it just feels right for the flow. And I feel like if I went into this with a plan every single game, it 
it wouldn't feel like a, I don't know, it just wouldn't feel like a game anymore. Right. Well, I think I think you even highlighted there sort of the, I don't want to say like the spectrum, but the spectrum between actual play and audio drama, where it's like there are some hard audio dramas where you're literally just dramatizing, like like reading like a story or something like that. And, you know, using yeah all those elements versus like the most raw actual play you can get where it's a six hour raw recording of people literally just sitting around having small talk. Every once in a while, we return to the game, roll dice, people flip pages and books. And I think that our podcast falls a lot closer towards like the middle of this. And as much as I want to say that it's raw and we don't predict things, it's like things are a little bit more railroady than not. I think in, in when you really think about the campaign, like we really don't branch too far off from what we have to do, you know? And I guess that's kind of an ugly of the whole thing is that it's like the ugly truth is you can't really have an actual play that's like, in our in our sense that we have an overarching storyline we're trying to accomplish we cannot have hour-long episodes that go off the rails every time it can't be a sandbox with a storyline and be only an hour long snippets without it being super boring or super edited you know what i mean like it's just you know you have to accept some level of railroad it's kind of well, like looking at dragon lands you know it's a recorded podcast but at some point we have to accept the reality one it's for entertainment so like i'm in other games where because we're not being recorded even though we're online and we're not necessarily sitting at a table messing around with shit we're still just fucking off we're still having side conversations and stuff where this we could still play authentically and do it but no we have to pay attention i feel like the whole when it's way too authentic like and when it's way too much of oh, you hang around and stuff. I feel like it's not about the game anymore. It's something entirely different. Which, you know... I feel like it's more of hanging out and less of, like... Like, at the end of the day, we're making a... Sh- we're, we're, we're telling a story, and I think that's the actually a very good thing about this. I think it's good kind of keeping us in line. I feel like if it went off the rails, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing this for two years. That's that's definitely, you know, the the other side of the knife to the railroadiness is, you know, because because like Ronnie said, we're on camera. We we have to focus. We don't have any choice but to focus and get things done. Like in the in these hour long episodes that we record, the party gets as much of the story done and put behind them as in some three hour games that I played in. Yeah. And a lot of times having too much waffle in a game, even that's like not being recorded, can be the death knell of it when players just get bored because nothing happens because nobody can stay on task long enough to get the adventure finished and out of the way. Ryan, what do you think? I mean, overall, or what we're talking about right now, I mean, specifically what we're talking about right now, I feel like one of the big things, at least that I try and do or we try and do as a group is like try and keep most conversations in character, which helps keep things on track. Uh, that, But that like for me, that's not just like something I do for actual play. I, I'm like one of those people that like when I play d and I'm there to play D&D the whole time, even if it's like for an hour or six hours, like I will – 
make jokes and talk about stuff that's happening, but it's stuff that's happening in the game. It's not me being like, well, this reminds me of a thing. And it's like, that's a sweet pop culture reference, bud, but I'm here to fucking slay dragons and delve dungeons. I don't really sick office meme, bro, but (laughs) I've got things to do. And, and, you know, for what it's worth, I think you and Ronnie both highlighted this, that it's like when you have that kind of freedom to just let loose, it feels like it comes naturally for people at the table to kind of like, oh, my God, that reminds me. You know what happened last week? Guess who I ran into at the store? And it's like, I mean, you're with people you're friends with to a certain extent. You're like shooting the shit and having good vibes. You have no job there other than to have fun. And so I I can see why people do that. And I like I appreciate that everybody's happy enough to be at the table and like, you know, having fun with their friends and having conversation with people they genuinely like. But again, I'm I'm kind of like you, man. I'm like, I'm the dungeon master. I did a lot of work writing this shit. We're going to play. And I'm like, as much as it's great that we catch up, we have a group chat. Tell me there yep. that you saw Ding Dong, you know, at the grocery store. Like, I don't I don't know. And it, and it stinks to say that because it makes you sound so curmudgeonous and just like this, like, Meh. like we're here to play a game. And I, I have very few precious moments. But in our case, where we have to budget our time like this, I mean... We only get two hours to play a game, so we do have very little time to mess around, you know, which, you know, is a lot of thing for me to say, knowing that me and Anthony in the beginning of every episode have 30 minutes of ramble. So, you know, I'll be the first to get it. Every episode, so don't panic about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, OK, so I think I don't know. So let, so. I guess that's been a pretty good highlight of the good and the ugly there. But like, what do you think that like actual plays kind of do wrong to a game? Because like, if I can start on that point, I would say that actual plays change how I write story because I have to write things that are digestible in hour long chunks. I don't have all the ability to like really drag out encounters Like, for instance, think about if we went to, like, some fancy gala to do, like, I don't know, some sort of, like, investigation undercover to, like, some baron at his his party. Like, having to break that into three-hour-long episodes kind of loses a lot of the beauty of having, like, everybody at the table in separate groups all broken off into, like, you know, we split the party. Like, having that organic, like, we can free flow for three straight hours... Like, you can't do that with an actual play. And even if you try to edit it down, it's like you lose something there. So it it kind of kills me that you don't have as much free flow. That, and basically as the Dungeon Master and the person running this podcast, I have to choose at the beginning of an episode, is this a combat episode or an episode where we do stuff? Because 5th edition combat generally takes an hour, you know, for 8th level characters to get through it. So that kind of sucks. But I don't know. Do you feel like you've lost anything in in a fifth edition game in an actual play format? I mean, I will say, like, one of the things that's always kind of in the back of my mind is, like, we just don't have time to overthink or, like, overcomplicate situations any more than, like, they need to be. Unless it's, like, for a gag, like... Which which I I'll do sometimes just just for the lark, <laughs> but yeah um yeah it's just like now nah, we we just like in some other games even like maybe it's because of the size of the group like we only have three or 
four players so it keeps it kind of tight but like you can get lost in the sauce a bit for like trying to plan out details or like people will you'll pitch an idea and then someone else will pitch an idea and then someone else will pitch an idea and it's just like you just keep going through like spinning your wheels there and we just don't have that like if it's like hey we're coming up on the layer of an ice dragon do you want to go across the bridge or through the ice flows it's like well we could ask a bunch of fucking questions here and sit down and really strategize and maybe come up with some like smart way to do this we don't have time for that it's like well ice flow sounds pretty sweet let's go there like it's much more of just like well that sounds cool he probably didn't make it impossible. I'm not going to overthink this. Like, you know, what stinks is, and that's the thing, you're looking at the sausage on one end, and I'm looking at it, the guy who, like, you know, put the stuff together to make the sausage here. When you say that stuff about how I create situations and you don't want to overthink it, at times when I write things, like, I'm not giving any teasers for what's happening in the next few episodes, but there is a riddle, and I had to think to myself, you know, if we're dealing with a very intelligent being and they have the opportunity to create a riddle, would they create a riddle so easy that in an actual play podcast, you could figure it out in 30 seconds or would they create something that would take eons to understand and to figure out like some unbelievable thing because they're a fucking lich and that's what they do. You know what I mean? And I have to make these decisions where it's like, well, we can't do riddles. We can't do puzzles because that's boring unless I want to edit it all out. But at that point, why the fuck did I put it in? So it's like, you know, is there a riddle? There is a riddle. But the riddle seems easy enough that I think if you guys role play it out and really think about it, it'll work. But then again, that's like the famous last words of anybody who put out a puzzle to take 10 minutes and it took 10 hours instead. Uh, R.I.P. Akinogas. But um, I was gonna say the last time you came up with an easy riddle that will be quick to solve. It took an entire like four-hour session for us to finally figure it out. Well, he had the other one rubies in the eyes, and I got that in like millisecond. Well, that wasn't even a puzzle. That was just a secret door, and like it just goes to show that it's like I don't know. It's hard for me to predict it, and things like puzzles are very unpredictable, and it stinks that as a dungeon master. I feel like puzzles are part of my arsenal. You know, it's like that's that's one of the my favorite things to do for a game is to create a puzzle or a riddle or something like that that players have to sit there and think about. And I think that one of my favorite parts about at the table play versus actual play is the fact that like some people get so into dis- like finding the solution to the puzzle or the riddle and other people get up from the table and go get like Chinese food or a slice of pizza because they're like, Nah, I'm good. I'll I'll just I'll yeah, set this one out sucks. for a sec. That sucks. I mean, sure, but it's like when a puzzle is taking hours. I'm like, this was like a waste of time. I'd rather we be under a crunch, and it's like, okay, I feel like it just helps with our brain function. Because the moment we go into like, oh, we could just deliberate forever and ever and ever. Uh, I I just, I don't I don't agree with that method. I, I uh, like. I mean. I don't believe in a four hour long puzzle, but I'm like, I think that the (laughs) point is that it's having that pressure on you. Like you said, the crunch is good, but like there's a difference between a crunch at the table with pizza and the opportunity to get up and stretch your legs and a crunch on a podcast where we're like all staring at each other and the camera that's watching us. And we're like, anyway, what is the solution? Dead air guys, dead air, you know? 
And like it, that kind of crunch really sucks because then everybody feels so much pressure to like perform, to get it right and to do it. And as a writer, I have to feel so much pressure to like fucking do Dr. Seuss riddle instead of like an actual good riddle that'll make you think, you know? But I don't know. And I, I think that you lose a lot of the elements of like sitting at the table. You know, it's kind of like having uh, materials. Like I can't give you guys a piece of paper in an actual play. I could, but it kind of loses like its importance in the form of an actual play. Cause like, what am I sending it to the listener at home too? Like the podcast just pops up and the piece of paper crawls out of your phone. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like things like that, that make you the game to, much you more. Put yourself for you on the guys. mailing list if you want copies of our handouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like the Fago bottles that we were giving out in the beginning. <laughs> Anybody remember that? No. Yep. Yeah, I remember. I, I had to send out Fago bottles for fucking weeks. You're welcome. Pretty sure I made that cost- <laughs> contest up. <laughs> well, guess what? Was real to them. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I think I mean, that a lot of the things at the table that make the experience feel so much more like unique and lived in. And I, I don't want to say like, I feel like the player ownership at that point becomes much more of like a public format. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like it was our puzzle at our table with the game created for us. It feels like it was a game created for public consumption that we had to write as such. And I think the real victim there is, I don't know, like the full experience of Dungeons and Dragons, you know? Yeah, well, but, one of the things I feel like we have to we have to sacrifice a lot is players being able to really jump in, uh, put, uh, you know, uh, throw some input out there. And like, it's like take the time to help build the world together. Like there are a lot of, I, there, there are a lot of things that I thought about like Norhill doing and how he would approach certain situations and, you know, how I could help build on the story of things that were happening. But yeah, because of the time crunch and the format and everything, there just isn't time for me to, you know, spend 30 minutes explaining, uh, you know, how uh, Norhill institutes, like, oh, how did the dwarves make their way and end it without being a burden on people? Right. Yeah, which, you know, and then you think about it, it's like, well, at the table that same burden would be there, which I think Ronnie is right for saying earlier that like having the crunch is good. It's like whether you're at the table or recording it, it's like some element of crunch is good. But I think that that crunch can be substituted with just having a very like-minded vision of what playing a game of D&D on a Thursday night actually means. To some people, it means I'm getting together with my friends and we're playing D&D. Some people, it's we're going to play D&D tonight with my friends. And it's like, you know, there's no wrong way to say that sentence. Grammatically, I'm sure there's plenty of better ways. But um, it just feels to me like, you know, people aren't wrong for wanting to have a super laid back game where very little gets done. But I think all of us having been part of this actual play goes to show that we enjoy getting shit done and playing out a story. Right. Right. I mean, I, so, like, I'm just saying, like, I have a suspicion that sure. if we were playing this more relaxed, you know, not that we would play it super relaxed and never get anything done. That hasn't been my experience playing games with you. It's we would have more opportunity to breathe and expand uh, rather than focusing on the main thing uh, all the time and going straight. Right. Which, 
you know, and for what it's worth, I feel bad hearing that to a certain extent because it's like knowing that we sort of sacrifice opportunities for characters to truly breathe and grow and like have an imprint in the world. It's one of those things that like having run this campaign for going on again two and a half years now. It's like there comes a point where I don't want to say I'm tired of running it because that sounds awful, but like we've run this for a long time, you know, a quarter of a decade. Like, think about that. That's a long goddamn time. So it's like to say that I don't want to take the time to really see every character flourish at every conversational opportunity they have sounds awful. But like. I can't play this campaign for the next two and a half years which now is headed. That's probably going to happen. But like, you know, I mean, there comes a point where a campaign has to have like a good start and a good ending. And I think that all that time in between can impact, you know, how it ends. So it's really not fair to all of us if we take too long in the things that don't matter. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I just didn't ever want this campaign to be one where we rush and we're just like, like you remember in like the uh, first adventure and sorry, the first adventure, when we finished that one, we moved into the second one where we had to travel like completely across the continent and back to like go get help for the cult. And we had to figure out where the, the you know, like Bolt's Crag was and all that stuff, like all that travel time. Imagine if I just said it takes two weeks to get there. And then you come back instead of running the, like the fucking eight games that that was like, I could have cut all that time out, but I didn't. And it's like, I never wanted to run a game where I cut through the parts that felt like they didn't matter because I felt like things would be just so much of a highlight reel of gameplay that it would just be like, I don't know. It just feel like community theater at that point. I'd be like, enter bolts, Crag peak. It's wintry. The wind is blowing two weeks after we last saw our party. And that just doesn't feel like a D&D game to me. That feels like, you know, I don't, you know what I mean? So I guess one of the uglies is that it's like, I bet as a consumer, the fact that they don't get to have just like awesome combats and awesome scenes and awesome dialogue every fucking episode. I mean, maybe that wears on people. Maybe that's tiresome, but I don't know. I guess hopefully they're sticking around for the fucking characters and the story, you know, it'd be weird for anything else. Yeah. That's literally all we've got. I I, I don't know what else you would be here for. They're just here for the banter. They're just here for the, for the uh, relationships that they're forming in the forums for us. (laughs) But I mean, like, like, one, one of the best things about this podcast is the fact that like, no matter what happens at the end of the day, I can always go back and re-listen to it. Because, yeah. like, for me, that's fair. That for me, that's like, honestly, I I wish I recorded all of my D and D games because I it might be narcissistic or whatever, but like, I always have fun playing, and like I I like I like that I have fun playing this game, and I enjoy going back and seeing how I had fun playing the game. Like it yeah. makes me very happy re-listening to an episode and someone says something and I think of something stupid and funny to say in my mind. And then it turns out two seconds later, I say it in the game and I'm like, damn, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe rem- I made that joke twice and forgot I made it the first time. 
Kind of reminds me of like how we uploaded the uh, the scorpion fight with the cracked open cleric tin can there, where shotgunning Anton. Uh, yeah, like that was just such an organic moment of us all just riffing and having so much fun. There was no editing, no script, no nothing where we like told each other what was going to happen. It just was us in the moment riffing and having a good time. And I and I, I agree with you that it's like sometimes when I listen back to things like that. You know, I'll be driving in my car, listening to it for whatever reason, and I'll be like pointing at the the freaking console and be like, oh, my God, listen, listen to this part. Listen to this part. It's wicked funny because like for what it's worth, it's kind of fun to be able to go back and, and, you know, listen in on those good times. And no other group really has the opportunity to do that if they don't record it. Right. You know, so I, I guess you're right. That is one of the better points of of doing an actual play is in our case, you know. Heaven forbid anything ever happened to any of us. I mean, this is such a time capsule into like yeah, who we absolutely. were. And it that's a magical thing, you know? A lot of people think back on like the games they had growing up or like during different times in their life. I mean, these moments belong to us now in an audio space. Like we all will always have this. And that's kind of powerful now that I think about it. Yeah, and that was I agree with you. It's a little draws. narcissistic. It, but like whatever people i i haven't taken a picture of myself or like in a group like i i probably do like twice a year people have different ways of capturing things that they think are going to be important to them in the long run and i know this will be important to me in the long run like i don't i don't need to take a picture at every family gathering or if i go to an exciting vacation destination but i i do want to remember the good times i had with my friends you know yeah now i feel compelled to put the uh can i ryan would you feel okay if i put the uh the uh screenshot like the picture for this episode as the picture of you with the jelly bean <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a great picture. It fully encapsulates my belief on what makes a good place. It's some place where you can sit and kind of take a nap. <laughs> and you know what the funniest part is is that you know speaking on terms of actual plays, our nerd bites actually get less listenership than the actual play does, which is saying something. Frankly, the fact that it's like. You know, I don't want to listen to the twenty-minute bullshit. Give me the thing I've invested two hundred hours of. <laughs> yeah, my it's like a side. It's like one of those uh, filler episodes, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the beach episode is. You gotta give that. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't want to hear you context, uh, talk about the the game. Skip the meta shit. <laughs> get on with the story. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I get so mad about that with some of my shows, but I have to like stick it because I'm like, there's gonna be something in here that'll be big context for later, and I need to know it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if anybody has any uh, last things to say, I think we've kind of run the course for this one, right? I, I'd say just to go like I think further into the podcast, I think it's funny. Um, I think it was a good way to sh- like show people my different like like what D and D is and like how more freedom it is. Like everyone at work sees me as a specific personality, you know. And I work in a job where right now we're actually working on a podcast strategy. They're like, Veronica, how do you know about podcasts? I'm like, oh, I'm in one. They're like, what do you mean? <laughs> Veronica, how do you know about podcasts? Only a like, very popular form of entertainment like, oh, that has existed for years. Uh, but it's just the point that, like, it always, I always get a little worried, not for the sense that it's like a nerdy thing, but I'm like, 
all people learn like your different personalities and that's where it's kind of cool though I, I I like how you kind of get like that record of like okay I'm not just work Veronica I have I mean, another Veronica if if <laughs> Dan's right and there are actual people out there listening to this there are people that only know us as we appear on this show and that yeah. is a wild thing to think about it's kind of God, sad. I'm a sleeper. That, that's what half my episode is. I sleep. That, that's Just my personality. Me and, me and Ryan getting into fights about how you discuss parking a boat. <laughs> like, yeah, getting those guys really way, fucking hate each other. Yeah, getting way, way too personal about stuff sometimes. Like, are they still talking about the game or did something happen? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, also, we lost, uh, maybe we lost the plot a long time ago. You'll never know. Again, not to get too meta with it, but I do think that the funniest part is the most humanized versions of us are within the first five minutes of the episode where we're doing like the recap or the preamble. And I'll like sometimes catch you guys before we like, you know, you guys think that I'm not recording and all of a sudden I'll just cut like somebody in the middle of them talking. And I'll be like, no, Ryan, go ahead. Keep going. Mm-hmm. And so it's just funny to see that, like, I don't think we we really don't put on a character when we're doing this. Like, I'm not, like, getting into my Dungeon Master space. Like, I'm kind of this way in all areas. I just try to be more presentable with this. But, like, you know, I'm not doing a person. None of us are doing an act. Like, you know what I mean? And I I just, you know. uh, That's the draw, right? If you want to watch, you know, serious actors who have training and doing the specific story well i guess you can go watch critical role or watch a movie yeah go watch that stupid D movie that's coming out whatever the fuck that is oh ronnie i don't think wizards (laughs) of the coast is gonna like that very much Um, (laughs) freedom of speech (laughs) not freedom of ogl um Um, but anyway uh, uh, yeah so uh, i I was saying the draw is that this is the game Right. You know, this isn't how, you know, professional voice actors who actually know what they're doing play the game. This isn't how an audio drama person who's written a script and has something very specific that they want to accomplish is going to be doing the game. This is the game. And this is what it looks like. And this is what it's going to look like for millions of other people at this point. So I suppose. Uh, I mean, Ryan, do you have any last thoughts on this? Yeah, don't don't be afraid to make your own D&D podcast, because at the end of the day, even if you're the only one who listens, at least you're listening. Fuck them. Yeah, I hear, I, I hear it's a narrow market without a lot of people in it. I'm sure that you can uh, get a good foothold in it. I mean, I will say, having started the other podcast, which, like I said before, as far as the spectrum goes being on the audio drama side of things where like we pre-roll everything and then we try to like actually like do voices and like the sound effects and I wrote all the music for it. It's fun, but the amount of work is in production rather than like in writing is so weirdly different. And I I've done sound effects and music in the past, but like, I feel like I try so hard to polish it that I don't want to say like I kind of loathe it in comparison to something like this, but I feel like in something like this, if I misspeak, I don't have to delete it. People have kind of grown to know that that's like a, just a young grognard thing that like if I misspeak, we just say, oh, fuck, I guess I forgot that thing back there. And that, you know, kind of, I don't know, <laughs> makes me feel like we're not so actual play 
that we're not actually playing. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think that's a good enough spot for me to end on. But all right. Well, thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, everyone. I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons. Dungeons.